Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to the program today. This is Brother Paxton, and I am so delighted uh, to be able to share the Word of God, to break the bread of life with you on this program. Uh, today, <clears throat> we're going to take a look at a message I preached, I don't know, if 2016, 2017. I want to revisit the outline and the subject matter because of the times that we're living in today. But before we go into that, I want to say again, a great, big, huge thank you to our monthly partners who have just been the backbone, holding up the efforts of the ministry here that God has uh, given us. My sister started out the year with a tremendous offering, and I, I was blown away, actually. And she set what has been the standard since then. In the months of January and February, we have taken in several uniquely large offerings that have helped us uh, to prepare for the eventuality of ministry under different circumstances. And I'm just going to leave that alone for right now. Someday we may talk about that. But I want to encourage you to know that when you give to the work of the Lord, you will absolutely be blessed. Now, that blessing may not come back in dollars. It might not be money. But you'll be blessed in your soul. You'll be blessed in your heart. You'll be blessed in your life because you put your sustenance to where people are being ministered to by the gospel of Christ. Uh, 2020 was a strange year for all of us, for you and for me both. And um, God has been dealing and doing a work in our hearts. And I, I believe all of us, many of us anyway. And I know for sure he has been in mine. There are certain things that he has been sharing with me in the spirit that he hasn't released me to speak on it yet. I thought a release was coming in January uh, to, to speak some things, and we had even prepared for it. Um, and then the Lord said, no, not yet. I want to deal with you just a little more. And so the, the teachings haven't been as regular uh, as I would like, but right now we're just basking in the Lord's glory, and we are going to wait until the Lord gives us the green light. And I hope that, that you can see in your life today after all that we've been through uh, together that the only voice that matters as far as obedience is the voice of the Lord, right? I mean, we need to be obedient to what the Lord is telling us. And so it, as much as you want men to like you, as much as you want the church to like you, as much as you want to reach unbelievers, uh, when God says, red light, stop, come into the prayer closet, come into the inner sanctuary, uh, man, you need to go. And you need to be released before you leave. I think that's going to become, in the days ahead, tremendously important. And I don't want to belabor that point here today for the sake of time, but I'm going to be talking more and more about that and, and what I feel the Lord is doing. Uh, in my life right now. Now, uh, that does lead me to this. Uh, the Lord has been saying a word to me over and over and over again, and it, it, it's going to sound kind of funny to you or strange to you maybe perhaps, but 
he's been saying the word missionary, missionary, missionary. And um, Angie and I, a little background here on the last uh, several years, couple of decades at least, almost three decades now of our ministry together. Um, we're we're going to celebrate our 28th wedding anniversary here in not too many days from now in May. And um, we have no regular employees whatsoever. And we, we have no job openings. I refuse to uh, be forced to hire people to work for me that do not share my beliefs. So therefore, Angie and I do the work ourselves. And occasionally, we will have a volunteer for a particular event, maybe two or three volunteers, four volunteers. Uh, we have hired people to do specific jobs, and I have the right to hire who I want to hire. That's how I feel about it, that's how I believe it, and that's how I'm going to live it for the rest of my days. Um, but we have, we have no job openings, we have no uh, staff, it's Angie and it's me. And furthermore, I, I want to say for the record, uh, I don't do any um, weddings, period. I do not perform weddings, period. I have performed funerals only, uh, and, and I do that for people who do not have a pastor. There's a certain cr criteria for me to do it, or for family. And I refuse to budge on any type of quotas, any type of, uh, if it violates the standard of the Word of God, I will not participate in it, in it and I'm going to... Uh, stand against this new Equality Act because what it's going to do is restrict free speech and it's going to force people to do things that they hold as morally wrong. And so I'm just laying it out there for the, for the record, this ministry does not perform marriages. Uh, for, in the first place, if you are a Christian couple and you want to get married and you believe God puts you together, you should be a member of a local church and you should have your pastor marry you. I, I'm an evangelist. I'm, a, I'm a, a broadcast ministry. I do not do weddings, period. And I will not in, in, in the future. I will do funerals at times for people that I've known or family, one or the other, that perhaps they don't have a church, they don't have a pastor, uh, and they ask me to do it, and I always, you know, try to I try to do that for them without a charge. And I know I had one guy ask me one time what the what the standard rate was, and I gave him what I what I knew uh, knew to be the truth at that time, how much a preacher usually got for the funerals, and uh, so he gave it to me, and I didn't want that. I wanted to to do it for nothing. So nowadays I just say, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And I really don't because that was several years ago and I don't know what the, what the going rate, so to speak, is. But I'm just saying this as a matter of record um, so that I can tell people, you go back to that message on that particular day and you'll hear uh, what I had to say about uh, our ministry and we don't do weddings. We do very few funerals. I'm here to preach the gospel. I'm here to pre preach it free of censorship. And I'll tell you right now, if the sites start censoring us, if the venues start censoring us, 
there's, there's two things we'll do right away, is that there are venues in other nations on the internet that have welcomed our programming and we will continue to air with them. We will send them the audio and the video if we're censored here in the USA, which I never thought I'd even ever say those words. Um, and also, we will go right back to making audio recordings, put them on CD, uh, make MP3 discs to where you get one disc with 10 messages, whatever the case might be, and we're going to preach the Word of God uncensored. We are not going to allow this uh, to, uh, to affect us. It, it, it will affect us if it happens, if it happens. And what we really need to do is pray that God... The, the host of heaven's armies will stand up and put a stop to this madness, this ludicrousy that has taken place in our nation. And uh, with that being said, a little bit of thank you, a little bit of announcements there. Uh, I want to go into the word today. So if you have your Bibles, open them please to Colossians chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading at verse 12. We're going to read verses 12 and 13. As we look at Epaphras, now by way of background, I preached this message, as I said, uh, 2016, 2017. Uh, I actually preached it for a little while in four or five different locations. Um, and it was called Epaphras and Diotrephes. Today we're going to revisit only the section on Epaphras. And there's a particular reason why I want to do this. So it says... Uh, Epaphras, who is one of you, I'm reading from the New King James Version, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. And that is where we want to stop. And I want to say this, Epaphras is an example. He was in Paul's day in the early church. He was an example for the rest of the believers. He is also an example for us today. And it says that he is always laboring fervently. He's a bond servant of Christ. I think the church in the United States and in other Western nations as well, somewhat, has kind of got that's backwards a little bit and they think that the Lord is their servant but we are bond servants of Christ we are bound to him in a life of service and and that's not bondage we are willingly bound to Christ in the area of service it's like the slave of old who was liberated and set free uh, he, you, you, you no longer have to be in chains. We are letting you free. And no man should have ever been in chains to begin with, of course. But many times, servants in these Bible days would say to their, their masters, you know, you have treated me well. You have loved us, me and my family. You have treated us well. You've paid us and you fed us and you've taken care of us, and we want to stay. And they would take their ear and put it up against a post, and they would pierce that ear as a, as a sign 
that they were going to stay as freedmen in the service of their former masters. And that's typical of what happened to us. You see, we used to be slaves to sin, right? We were slaves to sin. Uh, we were in bondage to for everything from addictions to just whatever bondage. That's what bondage is, is an addiction. It's not always physical. Sometimes it's an emotional addiction or a, even a spiritual addiction. If you get into the area of the cult, you'll, you'll see that. And Jesus Christ came and died on the cross of Calvary and shed his blood that our sins might be forgiven and that our bondages might be broken. Amen. And so we turn right around from that. We've been to the cross. We've been washed in the blood. Lord, we want to serve you forever. That's the idea that's being um, conveyed in this phrase in Colossians chapter 4, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ. In other words, Jesus makes the plans for my life. And I want you to stop and think about that for a moment because it's not easy to live that way. It can be very difficult. In fact, sometimes we can get so caught up in the daily affairs of life, and we're making this plan and that plan and the other plan, and if, if we don't take the time to take it to the Lord and pray about it, we sometimes find out down the road that this thing was all of me, and God never told me to do this at all. Okay? So it's very important that we understand this principle of being a bond servant of Christ. We are not in bondage. We are in willful servitude because of the love of God that has been shed abroad in our hearts. And Jesus will not force lordship. I want to say that again. Jesus will not force lordship. It has to come from the child of God willingly that we make Jesus the Lord of our life. He knows more about life than we could ever dream if we had a thousand lives to live. And of course, we don't. We live a short, short time in comparison to eternity. And God, God has been in all, He inhabits, the Bible says, eternity. That means past, present, future, world without end. Hallelujah, forever and forever, hallelujah. God is inhabiting it all right now. Every moment, God is in it all. God is in the past. He's in eternity past in this moment, and he's also in eternity future in this moment. And so he knows more about it, and we just submit to him willingly out of love. And that's what it means, a bondservant of Christ. And it said, it said also of Epaphras, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect or mature and complete in all the will of God. And so the, the prayer is something, I'm going to give you an example. Don't, don't pray rote repetitions, but I want to illustrate the concept. Lord God, I, I pray for the souls that you have placed in my life that you have placed under 
my care as a shepherd. I pray that you would cause them to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit clearly and that you would cause them to be able to recognize the leading and the direction of the Lord in their lives so that they might remain in the will of God in maturity. In Jesus' name, amen. Something along those lines. And that prayer should frequently come, and not just from pastors. I, I use that as that example because we have a, we have a large audience over uh, the internet that I communicate with many of them regularly. And I, I do the best that I can, but I'm constantly in prayer for the internet audience. I'm in prayer for the audience in the, the little congregations that we minister to throughout the years. And also uh, for those who are my partners, who have shared in and believe in the vision that God has, has given me. Uh, as I said earlier, my sister set the stage this year. The Lord has spoken to my heart. I believe that this is going to be a year of unexpected suddenlies. Some of that is going to be great, and others of that is going to be tests and tribulation-wise as well. This is going to be a year of unexpected suddenlies. And um, we have had that happen here on the good end in January and February. And I am so thankful. I'm, I'm so thankful for people like my sister who have been with us for 20 years and are still with us today. It's an amazing and beautiful thing uh, that God is doing in the hearts of people all over the earth, not just with this ministry, but with other ministries as well. Um, Angie and I have been pretty much of sticklers uh, in our lives. We have supported the same ministries pretty much for the last 28 years. There's been a couple of new additions, and I'm not going to go to name and names, but um, at one level or another, we have supported, and there was a time when we didn't have much money extra at all or in, in the early days. But what we had, we would give. And also, we would take and... Uh, take up collections, and instead of keeping the money for ourselves, we would divide it between the ministers that we were wanting to partner with, you know, and that helped to bring prosperity into our life. You know, prosperity is not a dirty word. It's not a dirty word. Um, I know there's been a lot, a lot of abuse in that area, but we all need to prosper, amen? And God has promised to meet our needs and take care of us in the book. And so if he's promised that I want it, and I, I don't believe there's anything wrong with that, I'm not going to get greedy, and I'm not going to go to getting uh, stuff that I can do without. I want to advance the kingdom of God uh, in the earth today. So then Paul said uh, of, of Epaphras in verse 13, I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you. How many of you know that when you truly are flowing and operating in the zeal of the Lord, many times people look at you like, well, their most favorite thing to call you is fanatic, you know? Oh, you're just a fanatic. Oh, you're just, you're weird. You're strange, you know? I have people look at me that way all the time, and I know that many of you do too. You know, but it's simply the zeal of the Lord. This thing, this thing is more than reality to us. And it should be that way for every single Christian. This is super reality. It's supernatural, 
super reality to us. Amen. And Epaphras gives us that by uh, example. He really cared for the people that he was ministering to. And, and let's, let's stop there and clarify another point. Um, you minister as a Christian, not maybe you're not a five-fold ministry gift, but you still have a ministry. And there are many of them. And every, everyone is gifted in different ways. And we're not going to go into that today, but one of our upcoming series this year, I, I, I pray, unless the Lord changes it, will be on the gifts of the Spirit. And in that series, we're also going to mention uh, motivational gifts and, uh, and the other giftings, the, the ministry offices and such as this. But every Christian has been gifted in some thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Some it might be compassion, others it might be hospitality, others it might be uh, intercession. Other, you know, I could go on and on and on and name names of functions of believers for the next hour. So we're not going to do that. But I want to say to you that every Christian, every believer has a function in the body of Christ. We are not simply to be, uh, go to church on Sunday and be a spectator. That is not what we're called to do. Now, go to church, absolutely. And for those of you that know me, I'm weary of people who think they got their own little thing going on with Jesus and they don't need to go to church. I'm weary of that. You couldn't be more misled. You couldn't be more in error than you are if you think such a thing, okay? Paul said in the last days, as we see the day approaching, the day of the Lord approaching, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, okay? So I don't want to hear you don't need the church. But what I want to say to you is you are not meant to merely be a spectator. You are meant to have a ministry flowing through your life to the people in your life and the people around you, okay? And so Epaphras shows us this in his faithfulness, in his zeal, in his willing service unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And also, he had a service unto the Apostle Paul. So Epaphras recognized that Paul was the Apostle in his life. Okay, and we're going to leave that right there as well. So teamwork, what it boils down to in, in the days coming, I, I visited this a, a few years ago. And we are not in that situation now. We're in another situation. And teamwork is going to become tremendously important among Christians. And it was a hallmark of Paul's ministry. <clears throat> so some of the prominent members of Paul's ministry team included Silas, Barnabas, Luke, and Timothy. But he's also mentioned and served with many others, including Epaphras. So here's something that we can learn from the example uh, of Epaphras for our ministry lives in 2021. Okay, I'm taping this on February 25th, 2021. It sounds so strange to say 2021, but here we are. Number one is be persistent in ministry. Be persistent in ministry. Let's look at Colossians chapter one and verse seven. 
Colossians 1 and verse 7, here's what it says. I'm actually going to start reading, um, I'm going to go ahead and start reading at verse 3. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. See all, see all this stuff that, that believers are to be involved in. Praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. Man, stick to the word, stick to the truth and the hope of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it will bring forth fruit, glory be to God. As it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. And so I wanna make a very slight distinction here also between a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and a minister of Christ, okay? And, and really it's one and the same, but someone who's a minister of the gospel primarily proclaims the gospel. We're not going to go into, again, the nuances of ministry gift offices. But someone who minister is a minister of Christ, he is, how can I say this? He's distributing Christ wherever he goes. That will include some preaching. That will include some teaching. But it's a whole lot of other things also. It's a friend to the friendless. It's food for the hungry. Amen. It's healing for the sick. Glory be to God. All of these things. So we minister the gospel of Christ and we minister Christ to the people uh, that God puts in our lives. Be persistent in ministry. Uh, Epaphras teaches fellow ministers to be faithful in the Lord's work year after year in the same ministry they were called to not just rising up to one occasion in a great time of need, but continually. God told me he wanted me to do this, and if God doesn't change that calling, I'm going to continue to do this. The gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable, the New American Standard says, or they are without repentance. And that we can square that off and leave it there for now. Weariness did not stop Epaphras. He fought through every single reason to quit and continued in his calling. We're going to need to, to do that. We're going to actually see that played out in the future, uh, even now in the church in America, that we'll have to fight through every single temptation and reason that the devil tries to give us to quit. And we continue on preaching the gospel of Christ, ministering the gospel of Christ, and ministering Christ on a daily and consistent basis. Now, number two, we look at the eighth verse here. And it says um, in, in chapter one, verse eight, who also declared to us your love in the spirit, 
Epaphras was precise in his communication. The Apostle Paul wrote one of the great polemical books in the Bible and effectively, effectively spoke to a community of believers who he had never met based on what he learned from Epaphras. So Epaphras communicated the dilemma. He communicated their need. He communicated to Paul their faithfulness as clearly as anyone could have communicated it. And so Paul knew what to say in his letter. And this again goes back to teamwork and it stresses the importance of the Holy Spirit um, flowing through that team. That's one of the things that Angie and I pray about is that we will complement one another in the flow of the Holy Spirit as we minister to others. The team, in other words, should be on the same page. The church in America, so bitterly divided right now, is going to need to get on the same page. And the only page that matters is the page of this book. Praise God, what has the Lord instructed us? It doesn't, it doesn't matter, two bent pins, what you or I think. We have to have what thus saith the Lord. And the whole church should be flowing in that. And then the incidentals that come up along the way in scenarios of teamwork, the same Holy Spirit will lead the team and it will complement one another. And so we need to be precise in our communication. It also comes into bear, uh, in, in factoring in to, we have to hear correctly and, and then speak correctly. We hear God, what he's really saying, and we communicate what God is really saying to others in a precise fashion. So as we look then uh, here in, in Colossians 4, uh, 12 and 13, we should be passionate for prayer, and especially right now in our country, as never before. And I understand how hard prayer can be because we're, we lead busy lives. I, sometimes I really believe they're too busy. We lead busy, busy lives. And I don't get condemned by that because it's, it's a fact of our reality in today's world. However, I don't believe there's not enough time in the day for me to pray. I might have to make time. I might have to uh, give up doing some things I would like to do in order to get prayer in for the day. But at, I might have to get up early. I might have to go to bed late, whatever the case might be. I'm willing to do that because we're called to prayer. And this is the part of the calling and you can fill out the blank as to what that calling is in your situation, but this is the part that nobody sees. And if you go around appearing to fast and pray, then the Lord said, you already got your reward. This is closet stuff. This is private stuff. And yet so often we fall down short in this area. And that's not for condemnation, but it's for a reality check, you know, We've got to have a passion to pray. Lord, give me, if you ask him, 
And if you keep asking until you get it, he will give you a passion to pray. He will. He'll answer that prayer. And so you'll have, you might have to fight off devils and demon spirits and everything else, but you just keep standing on the Word. And the enemy will turn loose of your mind, your time, and everything else. I've told this before, but I'll say it again here in today's program. And I'm just kind of sitting here uh, talking out of my spirit and out of the Word of God, uh, not really preaching or teaching uh, in, a, in a systematic type way. But let me just say, I made a decision a long, long, long time ago. And the Lord has helped me to live this. Now, I would be lying if I said I have done this every single day for all these 40 years. I have not. I have missed some days. I have had periods of time where I was in battle over this. But my commitment is that I will tithe of the time in my day, which is that's approximately two and a half hours. And I'll give that time to God. And that time is for prayer. That time is for the word of God. That time is for me and Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Now, again, I haven't been able to do that every single day, but I sure endeavor to. That is my hope and that is my desire. And to be frank with you, many, many, many days I've gone beyond that two and a half hours in for preparing for sermons or... Uh, preparing to do a teaching series or whatever. I've spent upwards of 8, 10, 12 hours in a given day, not every day, but in a given day, in the study and prayer of the Word of God. And I realize my job is preacher, okay? So I realize that everybody can't do that. Some of you have to go to the office. Some of you have to go to the wherever you work, you know, whatever your workplace is, the office, the factory, the hospital, whatever, and you have to put in your shift and you have to focus on your job, right. That's being a good uh, bond servant, if you will, of Jesus Christ, because he said, work, whatever you do, work as unto the Lord. So you're giving it your all. You're going to have a battle in the area of where am I going to put my prayer time? But you do need to have prayer time. I'm not necessarily saying that you should, you know, endeavor to tithe your time. That's something God spoke to me about as a preacher. But also I've seen my wife who, my wife works for a particular company and she's a manager and I've seen her get up real early to make sure she got her time in. I've, we, we have stayed up real late to get our time in together because Angie and I also try to study something together every day. Again, we don't always get to do that, especially if I'm on the road and she's home or if, if the day just was crazy, you know. Sometimes we don't get to do that. Sometimes we have company, we don't get to do it. But generally speaking, we, we have studied something together almost every day throughout our marriage. And it's been a blessing to our marriage. And it's, it's aided the Holy Spirit in keeping us on the same page. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. But be passionate for prayer. Epaphras prayed faithfully, and that word can also be translated always. He also prayed 
fiercely. He was laboring fervently in prayer. And you could read Romans 12, 11 and James 5, 16 for a, a, a picture of this. And you also want to pray factually as you stand complete in all the will of God. You pray factually. Don't, don't pray on supposition. When we pray, we go to the word of God and we get what he has to say about it before. We, we must know what God says about these things before we ever put a voice to a prayer on it, in other words. Because if, we're, if we ever find ourselves praying contrawise to the Holy Spirit, then we cannot expect an answer to that prayer. And the Lord Jesus himself was clear that he wants to give answers to prayer. So we should have the idea as we go into prayer that we're going to get answers to every one of them. All right. And that is our belief. That is our confession. That is our, where our faith is at. But now we also have to understand that God answers prayer in his timing, in his will and in his way. And that is all up to God, ladies and gentlemen. That, that part of it is not up to you and me. So we go in there, we want to know. We want to know what God has said about what we're wanting to pray about. The way that Epaphras uh, agonized for the Colossian believers describes for us a person who works until he is exhausted. And prayer is exhausting, neighbor. It really, really is. If you think prayer is easy, you haven't prayed much. And I know that's kind of blunt. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings necessarily, you know. And I put myself in this same boat. Prayer is not easy. Prayer is physically, emotionally, mentally, and sometimes spiritually exhausting in the moment of prayer. But the benefits far outweigh the challenges. Praise God. And so we see all of this in Epaphras, these few short sentences about Epaphras. We see that he was persistent in ministry. He was precise in his communication. He was passionate in prayer. And the last thing we'll talk about also found Colossians 4, 12 and 13. He was particular about people. You and I cannot pray fervently without a zealous love for people. And let me make a statement that again, you've heard me make over the years quite a bit. We say sometimes in haste, we will say something like, you know, I love God. And I love wanting to get people saved, but I don't love people. I believe that's an impossibility as a biblical Christian. In fact, the Lord said, the word of God said, again, where we base our whole prayer structure and everything about our lives. He said, how can you love God who you've never seen? And yet you don't love your brother who you do see. So we want, we, we want the Lord to develop in us a zealous love for people. The better we know people, the better we will pray for them. And the more we love them, the more we will pray for them. And all of these things that we've talked about here in this short program today, persistence in ministry, preciseness in communication, passion 
in prayer and particularity about people. All of it is going to come into play at a time when quite possibly the church will be persecuted as never before. I mean, if you go back and study this New Testament era, E-R-A era, the time frame that these men were living in, there was persecution against them every single place they went. Look at the life of Paul. Look at Stephen. <clears throat> Look at how the, the 12 disciples of Jesus ended their lives. Every one of them was persecuted. All 12 was persecuted. And I, I believe 11 of the 12 were martyred. I, John was persecuted, but I think he died of old age in Ephesus, if I'm not mistaken, if my memory serves me correctly here today. And so we don't know what's down the road for us, but we do know this, that as believers in Jesus Christ in 2021 in America, we need each other. And we, we need to drop and stop the independent attitude. We need to get back into the house of God. Now, now I'm, I'm saying this as an exhortation, a fivefold ministry gift, I'm exhorting you in the name of Jesus Christ, get back to church. You need it. And they need you. You can't isolate yourself from the body of Jesus Christ and say you're just going to fly under the radar. You're going to get through all these things and you're going to keep your faith. But see, faith that is not shared, I'll ask you, is that faith? Okay, faith that is not shared. Is that really faith? Is, it certainly doesn't seem to be the faith of the disciples. It doesn't seem to be the faith of any who have served God in the Bible at all, in any capacity, under any covenant. It was always a communal uh, experience. It was always a community experience. And so we will need to minister to one another as we go through the days that lay ahead and ask God what your gift is. Maybe he's given you several and you don't even know what they are yet because you, you've been hiding out and you haven't been wanting to use them. But ask him what he wants you to do. He, you call Jesus Lord, right? That means he makes the plans. He makes the rules. What he says goes. So let's get with it as Christians today. We're going to need each other like we have never before, okay? And also, zeroing in as we close on this word called prayer. I believe myself that the Lord wants to speak things into the atmosphere through our prayer lives. And so when we fail to pray, those things do not get spoken and I'm not going to give any examples. I'm going to let that right there and let the Holy Spirit work on that. But be about the Father's business. Love God, love people, share the gospel, share Christ in all of his capacities as the need and the occasion demands that you're dealing with. 
And also pray. Pray for this world that we're living in today. Pray for this nation. Pray for this country of America. Pray for your communities and your churches as we go forward into this unknown, into what we believe could most likely be the final hours before Jesus Christ comes for his church. As we walk into that, not knowing exactly what's ahead, hallelujah, that's the way Abraham went out in the very beginning. You know, Abraham, he didn't stop by the Sunoco station and get a map, right? He put one foot in front of the other and let God lead him, hallelujah. And that's what we're going to need to do in the days that we're living in right now. And we're going to need to have compassion and mercy on each other to love each other in the love of Christ. And we're all, we are all going to make it. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time today. As we looked at these four principles once again, we revisited this, Lord, with the people today. And I, I haven't delivered this message exactly the way I've, uh, I, I felt that, you know, I've probably fallen short in my delivery but I pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way in the hearts of the listeners today and that they will reach out and grab a hold of what you've said through your word to us here today. And Father, further conform us into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we labor in the earth in these trying times, we know that you love us and we know that you care for us and we will not allow fear to hold us back or to lock us into bondage. We will not allow fear to do that. We just ask that you go with us and we know that we will walk in victory then. Father, drive this word to our hearts like an arrow of deliverance and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody would say amen and amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's been nice to just sit here and... Um, and talk to you from my heart a little bit and also from the Word of God. Again, let me remind you that um, we are right now in the midst of our spring. We're just starting, I should say, our spring <clears throat> uh, Bible replenishing. We, we need some cases of Bibles to have on hand for dis distribution, not only in the prisons, but all uh, in all of our meetings and all of our travels. And so our goal is about 20 cases for this year or more. And um, we have a, a place, we get a case for about $90. And so if you would feel led to donate to that Bible replenishment in 2021, um, <clears throat> you could simply give at our website, www.acts2618.com or <clears throat> you can send a check to Acts 2618 Ministries, Post Office Box 457, that's 457, Interlochen, Michigan, 49643. And uh, we believe God will richly bless you as you help to get the Word of God into the hands of people. And so until we meet again, this is Brother Paxton saying, go with God and he will go with you. God bless you now.